Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to give you hope, offer insight and encouragement so you can flourish as a special needs mom. Each week, Sarah, Amy, and Carrie will explore a theme, share inspiring stories, practical tips, and encouragement you can use on your journey. Thank you for being here today. During this month of March, our theme has been self-care for the special needs mom, and we want you to join us for the self-care challenge. All you need to do is snap a photo that displays a way that you are caring for yourself, whether it's for your mind, body, or soul. Then label it with the hashtag TakeHeartSelfCare and tag us at TakeHeartSpecialMoms. Let's start a movement of self-care for the special needs mom. So first of all, I want to let our listeners know that this month, these next two weeks, as we do our collaborative podcast, we are doing it in two parts because we have five Tuesdays in the month of March. So this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect of self-care, and next week, we'll be talking about the practical aspect of self-care. So as we've been talking about this topic for the month, I keep going back to the idea that self-care is the type of rest where we have the ability to lay aside the things that are undone to take the time to do self-care. Sally Breedlove has written a book called Choosing Rest, and she says in her book, at its core, to rest is to give thanks for the present and to trust that as the future becomes the present, God will supply what we need to rest in the incompleteness of the present moment. I feel like we see this great example of Jesus doing this as he spent his time here on earth. And that is that he was a man and he couldn't do it all, even though he was fully man and fully God. And one of the things that has struck me lately is I've been reading the story of when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he still stayed in the place where he was for two more days. He didn't immediately rush off to take care of it. And It was because he had a greater purpose and a greater plan. And so as we think about that in relationship to being special needs moms, I think sometimes we feel this sense of urgency because we have to do all the things. We have to get everything done. And it's hard for us to sacrifice the urgent and what's immediate to take the time for self-care. And so That leads me to my first question, Amy, and that is, why do you think, as special needs moms, it is so difficult for us to leave things undone to do self-care? Well, I think it's twofold. Um, The first one is, we actually have a lot of things to do. So um, there's always something that needs to be done. Um, And not just the actual task of the day, but what about next year or next month? Or I know for us with kids with um, attachment disorder, you just can't like blithely go into summer. (laughs) You have to be thinking weeks, you know, months in advance. What are we going to do? What's our backup plan? So it's it's a feeling of hypervigilance all the time. It's really hard to come off that feeling of hypervigilance. And also, if you're struggling with a child with a certain special needs and then you see another family that has the same kind of special needs and they're doing okay, you immediately want to do what they're doing. So you're looking at therapies and medicines and all that. But the the spiritual issue behind it for me is definitely pride. Um, I think that I am the glue and without me, it wouldn't get done. Um, So 
the actual act of self-care is not a hard thing. Like going to lay on your yoga mat for 10 minutes right. is really not strenuous. <laughs> but right. letting go of control is incredibly hard. And um, so I think for me, that's definitely what it is. It's the pride of thinking that. And, and with that pride is not trusting God, that he's not going to be sufficient if I let my guard down and go take a walk in the woods for a few minutes. So I think it's twofold in that regard. How about you, Sarah? I definitely agree with Amy. There's just always something to do. And I think that when there's something always to do, if you leave it undone, chances are it's going to be twice as long or twice as more complex or there's going to be instead of the one thing that you had to do now you have three because you missed the window or whatever um so sometimes that's it is i just have this i'm like i just have to do it now because it's going to be easier on everybody especially me in the long run and i think i think it's a societal issue as well and i don't think it's just for special needs moms i think it's for in everybody we are taught that busyness equals success And so if you aren't busy, that means you're lazy and it's rest does not equal laziness. So sometimes I I think it's just, it's so hard to get in the mindset of resting and taking care of yourself or like Amy said, five, 10 minutes. It's not that big of a deal, but other people are gonna be like, wait a minute, you just, you take a nap at the middle of the afternoon. That must be nice. I wish I could take, you know, like, like, yeah, I took a nap because I was up five times last night trying to flip it. You know, like, there's a reason why we're doing that. So, um, yeah, I just think it's more to do later. And we just have that societal pressure just automatically built into us. But um, as far as the spiritual, I agree. It just goes back to pride. If I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better than somebody else. I know it. And sometimes leaving it undone means I'm going to leave it for somebody else to do. And I know they're going to have to try 10 times harder because I just, I could get it done in five minutes. It's going to take somebody else an hour. I don't want to burden somebody else or so, but yeah, the spiritual is a pride. And I, yeah. And I feel like I struggle with that too. We have in-home nursing and sometimes when we're training a new nurse, I'm training a new nurse or something, and she's not doing it the way that I want her to do it. It may not be a bad way. It's just different. I, I struggle with letting go and just letting her do that when she's here to help me have a break or help me to have rest. And so it is, it's giving up of that, that pride and that sense of control that we think we're in control, especially in decision-making for large decisions, you know, behavioral things, school, IEP, surgeries, when you feel like all of that rests on your shoulders, you feel like you're going to change the trajectory mm-hmm. of your child's life. And in some right. way, it is, it is on us, but we forget that even if we make the wrong decision, God will still redeem that. God is still in this, and we have to go to him and ask him for help. So one of the things that I was thinking about with self-care is that Really, self-care is a form of worship. If everything we do, you know, Colossians says, everything you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And so, um, Sarah, have you ever thought about self-care as a form of worship? And what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Jesus taught us that self-care. I mean, self-care, the phrase isn't coined in the Bible by any means, but 
the thought and the process is. And even Jesus stopped and went away from the crowds. And he did it all through the Gospels multiple times. He even part of the way that he was teaching the disciples, their evangelistic method was we're going to we're going to come away. We're going to stop. We're going to pray. We're going to just rest. And so, yeah, if if Jesus needed to do that, I mean, and I mean, even God chose to rest on the seventh day. He didn't need it. He wasn't tired and thought, man, I really could use a nap now. I mean, it was a choice of God to do that. And if God can choose to rest and take in all the splendor of what we have, it only makes sense that we do that as well. Yeah, that's really good. How about you, Amy? Well, I think when we think of rest, we think of sleep. Right. And if you think about how God makes us very unique, um, if you think about the times in your life where you just light up, whether that's um, being out in nature or being in solitude, I think if we look at look at how he uh, wires us and makes us and we pay attention to that, um, rest isn't necessarily sleep. Rest could be a really vigorous hike in the woods or a great conversation with your friends over coffee. So I think we need to broaden our view of what rest is as worship. Um, I just was finishing this book called The Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas, and he talks about different temperaments. And I can't name all nine of them. There's a quiz in it. But one of the things that surprised, I guess it shouldn't have surprised me, but it was like the different ways that you connect with God. And my number one way was being out in nature. And I was kind of surprised by that because I'm a solid, I thought solitude, solitude was way up there too. But I thought I feel full, like my lungs are full when I'm out in in nature. And I wouldn't necessarily call that self-care because self-care to me seems like, oh, you should be napping (laughs) or, you know, or, or, um, eating really good chocolate. <laughs> so those are self-care. Right. But as a worship form, I think I think that is um I think we should look at how God creates us and how our self-care is a form of worship because it helps us connect with him. And it doesn't have to be I mean, yes, I think, you know, there are ways that we think of connecting with God and worship and church and prayer and quiet time. But there are other ways, too, if we look outside the box of how we're created. And um, I think that's more restorative than we would realize, that we realize. So that's really good, Amy. I love those thoughts on that. Um, So I guess this leads me to the next question, and that is, what are some of our limiting beliefs to self-care? Amy, you want to take that one first? Well, how long do you have? Because <laughs> I have a lot of them. <laughs> Actually, I I think yes. for me, um, I just have a hard time um, relaxing enough to allow it. I think I don't deserve it, honestly. Um, I feel guilty about it. Um, my kids will tell you that they never have seen me lay on the couch. <laughs> like If they do see me lay on the couch, they think I'm sick. <laughs> because I just think, oh, there's always something else to do. So um, I think part of the limiting belief is this, what I like to call, and I refer to this in my own podcast as the Mother Teresa complex. Everybody thinks we're so patient and kind and loving and they couldn't live our life. So when you do need a break, it makes you feel kind of guilty <laughs> because you're kind of put on a pedestal. So I think that's it. And also guilt and 
um, I've said this before, but we will go to any degree to mother our kids. Um, it's really hard to mother ourselves. Sometimes you just need a nap or you need to eat or something. And um, because we think that back to the pride and having to be the glue, we don't want to allow ourselves to have that time. So for me, definitely, there's always something else I could be doing. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? How about your limiting beliefs for self-care? Yeah, I would, I mean, I think the selfish and you don't have time. I also think for me, it's, I think sometimes whenever you see, especially with this trend of self-care, quote unquote, over the last few years, it, you picture that it needs to be easy. Like it just needs to be something that comes natural. Um, You know, these people are meditating and it's just so life-giving for them and Self-care mm-hmm. isn't always like that at the beginning for me. Sometimes it is going for a walk and an entire walk thinking, don't have a panic attack. The house won't blow up. Your business won't blow up while you're away. You can afford five minutes. Right. You're not that important. Yeah. But I have to tell my thing, myself this as I take a walk around the neighborhood. And it's so it's not always easy and it doesn't always come natural. But just like you have to take, you have to force yourself to take the nasty medicine sometimes once I'm in it and I'm done, I'm so glad that I did it. But it's not always something that I enjoy or I'm just jumping up and down to do. Um, And then I think on the flip side of that, too, we think it needs to be something so complex. You know, you see people that are, I go and I work out for an hour and a half every morning. And then in the evening, I go for a four mile run. And, you know, it's like, I just, I want to get out of the house and have the sunshine hit my face. That's really, that's my goal today. And so you think, well, I can't do, I can't do it all. So why do anything? And it's an all or nothing thing with me. And so it's just a matter of, it's okay that it's just a matter of walking out into my driveway, going to get in the mail, taking an extra five minutes and just standing there, letting the sun hit my face. That's okay. That's a form of self-care. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can relate to that a lot because I am, I always call myself a recovering perfectionist. It's I'm very much all or nothing. If I can't do it perfectly and can't get that hour workout in every day, then I just might as well not do it at all. And I'm learning that at the, sometimes Mm -hmm. I've been learning recently that at the core of that is the limiting belief that I'm not worth it. That based on just how I grew up and different things that are in my past that I'm not worth caring for. I'm not, I'm the one who's supposed to always be doing the caregiving and I'm not worth the time to rest and rejuvenate. And it's funny because at the beginning of this year, I, something that was kind of floating around social media was the calendar with the months spelled out with the little numbers and each of the letters for the number of days and the month. And then you would color in, you know, how many days in a row you've done a workout or, or whatever, just kind of a fun tracking mech tracking thing. And I'll put a link in the show notes um, for anyone who wants access to that. But what I have found is after February didn't look that great, I hadn't worked out in several (laughs) weeks, I just wanted to pitch it and be done because it didn't look pretty and perfect. And yesterday, I colored in a couple of squares from some days last week that I did get a chance to work out or I was shoveling snow. And I thought, you know what, I want to stick with this because at the end of the year, 
looking at the long term, I want to see how I have cared for myself, how I have taken the time. And it might not look perfect, but I think at the end of the year, I'll be surprised at the times that we did do self-care. And so maybe I can challenge all of us out there to print off that monthly thing. And whenever you do self-care to color in the date of the time, even if it was just five minutes or sitting down with a book for 10 minutes or something like that, um, just to do that self-care and how important it is for us to do that. So It's funny to me how you can, we can all gear up. Like, Carrie, if you're going to travel with Toby, it's like not a simple thing. Right. You have a system and you gear up and it takes time. We can all gear up for that kind of stuff, but we can't gear up to put our face in the sun for five minutes. <laughs> it just is crazy. I don't really know why that is. We're just that important. <laughs> maybe we need to have the five minute challenge. What's yeah. my five minute challenge right. today? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think you're right, Sarah. It's the all or nothing. You think, oh, if, I, if I'm not running six miles or reading poetry for mm-hmm. an hour or <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> so maybe, our, maybe it needs to be the five-minute challenge. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so that kind of leads me into the next question. And Sarah, you kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do you think the Bible teaches us about rest and self-care? Amy, can you take that first? Yes, I will. Um, well, like Sarah said, we if we watch how Jesus lived his life, he rested. He went away to pray. Um, and there are several um, references to rest in the Bible. Um, obviously, there's Psalm 23, where he leads us beside the still waters. And I always think, where are those still waters? Well, honestly, I'm not letting myself be led there. <laughs> They're there. Yes. I'm just not letting myself be led there. Um there's a verse that I think about a lot. It's, I, it's Isaiah 30, 15. I'm not going to quote it perfectly, but it says something like, In repentance and rest is your salvation, and in quietness and trust is your strength. And then the verse, I love that verse. It's really pretty to like put on a card, but the, but the line after it says, but you would have none of it. Mm. And he's talking to the Israelites there, but I think of how much that speaks to me. Like it sounds really pretty to be quiet and restful and have salvation and all those things, but often I won't have any of it going back to the pride. So I think there's several ways. And even if he doesn't talk about rest through the old Testament and, um, God is referred to as making a way in the desert, giving water, a well-watered garden. There's all these metaphors and word pictures of thriving and, but we have to let ourselves be there to thrive, allow ourselves to rest in order to let him come and nurture us. So I do think there's a lot of imagery in the Bible. Um, There's also in Matthew where he says, you know, come to me if you're burdened and I will give you rest. Once again, I'm like, where's the rest? (laughs) But I'm not letting him lead me there. Um, Right. So I feel like there's a lot more I could say about that, but there's so many verses and God put us in this life, right? This is his will for us. He didn't want us to do it without him. He didn't want us to do it to the point of exhaustion or burnout. He wants to equip us to do it. And equipping doesn't may look like tired sometimes. So for the most part, I think we put that on ourselves. Um, so that's what I have to say about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it boils down to um, just this level of like, 
like I, when you said that about the children of Israel, they just, and we are like this too. I'm not pointing fingers at them, but they had this inability to trust that mm-hmm. that God's way was the best way and that he knew the future and that he would continue to lead them and guide them. And so I think about rest for our minds, even in the middle of chaotic circumstances and how important it is for us to come to him with our burdens, to choose to live by the still waters, to choose to take each minute and give our anxiety to him because there have been times when I look back over our journey with Toby and I, there was the peace that passes all understanding. We cannot explain it except we were in the middle of such a chaotic situation, life-threatening, and God sustained us and God protected us. And so, Sarah, can you speak to that a little bit, maybe just about um, rest and the trust and protecting our minds from the chaos around us. Uh, I think that even God showed us that we were going to have chaotic and busy seasons. And I mean, he even commanded Moses to rest. You know, um, I remember my grandparents, they were farmers and um, my one set of grandparents were, and they, my grandma had this plaque up and it was Exodus thirty four twenty one. And I remember growing up thinking, she, I mean, she always would refer to this and she would always kind of get on to my grandpa for not resting enough. Um, and Exodus thirty four twenty one, it just says six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing seasons and harvest, you must rest. So he didn't say, well, you know, if the crop's going good, then you can take a break. It was even during the plowing season and the harvest. And I think sometimes our plowing and harvest season are the surgeries, going through the appeals with insurance. Sometimes it's just the day-to-day struggles, making sure, you know, the calls from school or what have you. Those are our plowing and harvest season. So even then we should rest. And I think that he gives us that, not just that command, but the grace that knowing that we would need the rest. Yeah. Yeah, that's really... And I would... And just because you're resting doesn't mean you're not doing it well, right? I think we think, oh, we just want to do it really well. We don't want to miss anything. Um, I think not resting, when we don't rest, we just become more frazzled. Mm-hmm. And then we don't, we miss things or we're more irritable or it's just, I don't know. I just think, I think you're right, Sarah, that it's just going to ebb and flow always. But we still need to to rest. Yeah. And you know, like Carrie, you were saying with that, there was a piece that you that was uncomprehensible. You know, like you just you could not comprehend where that came from. We know that it came from God, but I think also that when you take the time to rest, it's preparing your body for those seasons, and so you're able to get through them better because you aren't so drained going into them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think too in my podcast I was talking about. Um, Sally in that book talks about the definition of Sabbath and part of that definition is reflection and um, looking back, taking stock over, you know, what God has done or, or where you've come, what you've come through, or even just how things that, that you have accomplished and 
you know, God did this. So God did this in the days of creation. He, at the end of every day, he took an evaluation of what he had created and declared it that it was good. And so I think about that in relationship to rest. Sometimes I think it's not just taking the time to go for a walk or or to read or to sleep or it's also pausing long enough to reflect on God's goodness. And the Bible talks about a sacrifice of thanksgiving and a sacrifice of praise. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that we don't think about those things as sacrifices, but when we're doing them in the hard times, they are a sacrifice. And so um, I don't know if either of you have any thoughts just about taking that time to reflect. And I know Emily P. Freeman talks about this a lot in her podcast, The Next Right Thing and all of that. But um, when we look back, like, again, I look back at when Toby was in the hospital, when he had a seizure and my boys were like, I don't know, I think they were like six and four or something. And I just think, how did we survive that? How did we live through that? But when I take the time to reflect on it and look at God's goodness and look at the little ways that he provided, I I know that I can continue to trust him. And that is that form of rest because my mind is at rest because I know I can mm-hmm. trust him with the future. So, Amy, do you have any thoughts about that? I do. Um, I was thinking about when you look back on the past, you can say, wait. I, I walked through that. You walked through that hard period. And we all can name times that we walked through a hard period. And like you said, we know that God is going to help us get through this next one. We did it with his help. But I think also looking, not only looking back, but looking at what the true situation is. Because honestly, a lot of times what my head is saying the true situation is, isn't really true. Like I'm anxious and worried about a situation, but I think... Um, being able to say, this is where I am today. It's not as bad as I think it is. <laughs> I've been in worse situations and God was there for me. I think even like trying to practice the present moment is a form of self-care yeah. because you can think everything's terrible and I have to do all these things and whatever. The house is a wreck and you, you kind of have all these big declarative statements. <laughs> but when you really stop and go, no, wait a minute. Everything's okay. Is It's hard, but it's not as bad as I think it is. And that's when you look back and go, God got us through this, and I just need to be obedient to the moment. I think that's a um, that is a form of self care. Definitely, Sarah. Do you have any thoughts about just taking the time to reflect? I I typically do that whenever I journal, and so every once in a while, if I feel like I'm going through a really rough time, I'm like when was that? surgery. <laughs> you know, like I might go back and look at that and sometimes it just puts things in, in perspective and um sometimes it even helps just for looking back on yesterday and and saying gosh, I was so frazzled and today is such a good day or you know, it just I don't know, just for me it is taking the time to just simply write it all down. I have to think it because I think I have to write everything down because if I don't, I'll forget it. And yeah, so I think it's just a matter of taking, if practicing that moment to just step back. And and like you said, just be grateful for the present moment. Just be active in right now. Yeah. 
So I want to close today's podcast with a quote from the beginning. It's actually in the foreword of that book that we've been talking about during this episode. And um, Lucy Shaw wrote this foreword. And this is an interesting statement. She said that she was often prodded by her father, who was a medical missionary, by this statement. It's better to burn out than to rust out for God. And she goes on to say, fortunately, between the extremes of burning and rusting lies another option, the way of resting in God. And I just want to encourage our listeners today that we don't want any of us or any of you to live between these extremes of burning and resting, but living in the way of resting. And we believe that this is through the practice of rest and self-care. And so next time in part two of our episode, we are going to talk about some of the practical ways that we can do self-care. So thank you so much for joining us this week on Take Heart. Don't forget that we have the self-care Instagram challenge going on and Amy's resource, seven steps to help you breathe is on her website. And there's a link to that in our show notes. You will not want to miss downloading that. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Take Heart Special Moms. Please listen in next Tuesday as we continue this conversation about self-care.